Eagles Entertainment. Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Everything that move, I don't get hold of him. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown. You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right of the week, and we've got Eagles Jets take two today. It's the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 349. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I catch up with both Chris McPherson and Ben Fennel. Let's talk about what we saw here on the practice field today. The second of two joint practices between the Eagles and the Jets. I focused in on the defensive side of the football today. C-Mac and Ben focused in more on the offensive side of the football ahead of the team's third and final preseason game on Friday up here in North Jersey. Excited to get into all of that. Now, real quick, before we get started with the show, a couple quick reminders. Number one, if you're into college football, the NFL draft, college football starts this weekend. This Saturday, we've got actual college football games. So we are previewing that over on the Journey of the Draft podcast. Not only are we going to talk about some of the prospects to watch here this weekend, but we also did a full 32-pick mock draft. Myself, Dane Brugler from The Athletic, Ben Fennell, as always, and then uh, Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus. All four of us got together. We made 32 selections previewing this year's college football season, next year's NFL draft. Make sure you go check that out over on the Journey of the Draft podcast. While you're there, shoot us a rating, shoot us a comment. Same thing here on this show. If you've got a question about the Eagles, about this upcoming season, go on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen, Search for this show, leave us a rating, leave us a comment. I appreciate everybody that has had the chance uh, to do so over these last few weeks. I believe today will be our final training camp recap daily show because I believe now at this point, we don't know for sure, but it seems like this is around the time when those daily practices will end from a media standpoint. So uh, we will be back starting our regularly scheduled uh, regular season programming coming up here in a couple weeks. We'll help Greg Cosell back every single Monday night going into Tuesday morning, previewing the upcoming opponent, recapping what we saw the previous week. Maybe we'll catch up with Greg uh, next week to preview this entire Eagles season. Uh, We've got a lot in store for you right here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Enough about big picture, though. Let's get into what we saw here today in Florham Park. For that, we're going to welcome in Chris McPherson and Ben Fennell. It's time for Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, guys, let's jump right in here as the Eagles take on the New York Jets for the second of two joint practices, like I said earlier. C-Mac, any transactions or injury notes uh, to know about before we get started here? This is a quick one. I want to get to the action on the field. I would say the most notable injury one is Jacoby Stevens. The rookie linebacker was a full participant, and he had been playing in a limited fashion coming back from a hamstring injury several weeks ago. Uh, made a nice play during the scrimmage at the end of practice. I'm sure we'll get to that. Uh, a couple players, linebacker Patrick Johnson, safety Elijah Riley, they got attended to in the medical garage. Uh, outside of that, nothing notable, whether it's guys coming back or guys being added to the injury list. The medical garage. I love it. Uh, it, was more, it wasn't a tent. It's, it's uh, an actual uh, garage it's, they went into. It's so. exactly right. Yeah. Um, well, let's get into the big takeaways, guys. I, I focus in on the defensive side. You guys more on the offense. We kind of uh, flipped from what we did yesterday. I'll let you guys uh, kick things off. You guys watch the offense and, and Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, everybody else. Uh, big takeaways. Ben, I'll, I'll come to you first. Big takeaway uh, from today at practice. Well, I think what we saw on the offensive side is a lot of uh, what's expected this season. And it's a marriage of running backs in the pass game 
and athletic offensive line. So what do you get with those two? The screen game. I thought we saw tons of screens today and a variety of them. I mentioned to the running backs, but slot receivers, tight ends, variety of offensive linemen just leaking out to the perimeter and just taking a snapshot of, you know, Jordan Malata and Lane Johnson and Kelsey and Sam Alu some athletic, athletic offensive linemen where on any given play, you don't know if they're blocking you vertically off the ball or just sprinting out to the left and to the right. And it was really fun just to see them say, said, huh? and then Lane Johnson sprint out to the perimeter to go block a corner or something like that. So I think we're going to be trying to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands this year, but it feeds into the strength of the team of these athletic pass catchers, athletic after the catch and an athletic versatile offensive line. I thought today really showed and demonstrated what this O-line can do. I'm going to follow up on that. And I think the blocking extends to the perimeter as well, because if you're going to have these guys going out on screens, you're going to need time for the Mayaladas and the Lane Johnsons and the Kelsey's to get into space. You're going to need those guys on the perimeter to hold up. So no matter who the receivers are on the outside or the tight ends, they've got to be able to block. It's going to be a complete team effort to make this thing go. Another thing, there was one rep in particular that I liked pre-snap. It was Watkins and Rager were lined up to the wide of the, uh, of the ball. And they just switched positions. It was Watkins was on the outside. All of a sudden he goes into the slot and Rager goes to the outside. And it shows the importance of that. These receivers are going to need to be interchangeable. They can't just be fixated on one spot. And that's going to present some challenges for defenses, especially in man coverage to figure out what their assignments are going to be. So they can't just say, all right, this guy's coming on the field. He's going to be the slot. Uh-uh. Nick Sirianni is going to try to mix things up and put defenders in a bind just before the snap of the ball. C-Mac, you watched the, uh, the O-line, D-line one-on-ones, right? So you watched uh, the Eagles offensive line uh, today. Any big takeaways uh, from that drill? A uh, couple, couple of good reps from Nate Herbig. I thought uh, he was going against the Jets defensive lineman, Fall Runsu Fadasuki. And uh, after Fadasuki slipped to the ground, they did a rematch. And I thought Nate Herbig did a great job of walling him off. Uh, Bryce Huff, the Jets defensive end, uh, came after Jordan Mailata on a bull rush. And Jordan Mailata, who outweighs him by you know, probably 120 pounds or so, was not having any of that whatsoever. I was saying this um, yesterday, then, too. Saying the same, yeah. same two guys went up against each other yesterday. And- uh, my lot of they shut the door on it quick. And then uh, toward the end of the session, they were working on some two-man games. Uh, great rep from the Raven Clark and Brett Toth uh, working at tackle and guard respectively. They did a good job against uh, Lyman Tanzel Smart and John Franklin Myers. And I thought uh, Herbie got another good rep in this drill uh, going against Jonathan Marshall, the defensive tackle for the Jets. So uh, some some good flashes there from some of the young offensive linemen for the Eagles. You know, when those were going on, Fran, the O-line, or excuse me, the O-line, D-line one-on-ones, the running back linebacker one-on-ones were going on as well. And what did we see from Kenny Gainwell at Memphis? Some reps where he looked like a receiver. He caught a ball today down the field. What did we see? Late hands, something you see from, you know, top flight receivers in this league and plucked the ball over his shoulder. And it was that flash that just kind of reminded me of that Memphis tape where he lined up out wide and ran hitches and ran goes, and ran double moves. And uh, it was had a really, really good day today collectively, but particularly the one-on-one session. I think he caught all three targets, three different routes against three different defenders, particularly that one down the field. It definitely made me say, whoa. They threw him back shoulder fades. Like, I, it, was like <laughs> it was insane you had to do that with a running back, but he has got that, he has that skill set be able to do it uh for one-on-ones i was actually with the eagles receivers against the jet corners and the star of the show was Devonte smith uh and even like you go on twitter a lot of the jets writers were just blown away by 
just how smooth of a route runner he was. He turned a couple of the Jets' top corners around. Uh, you know, he went on a slant. He went, he went on a little corner route. Uh, I believe that one was against Bryce Hall. Got him completely spun uh, in the spin cycle there, uh, breaking back towards the pylon. Uh, Devontae looked really, really good. John Hightower uh, had a good drill. Uh, he had a couple of really nice reps as well. He had a really nice route on a corner route. He caught a nice jump ball uh, along the left sideline as well. J.J. I think a white side had a couple of nice reps. So, um, yeah, the, the receivers, DBs, one-on-ones, uh, that was really fun. Uh, for me, I guess my big takeaway, like I said, I went over and I watched the defense. And this defensive line, guys, we'll, we'll keep talking about it, just it continues to stand out. They're really, really strong up front uh, with that first unit. You look at Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave, Brandon Graham, uh, Josh Sweat in there today. And, uh, just so, so disruptive. And what I tried to do, I tried to stay right along the line of scrimmage along the sideline just so I could get a sense of uh, the pushback uh, that either side was getting. And it just felt like on every play, the Eagles were winning that battle along the line of scrimmage. There was one uh, where it ends up being like a coverage sack. You know, Zach Wilson broke the pocket, ran to his right. Javon Hargrave took the guard from New York and put him seven yards into the backfield. Uh, it just completely exploded in the line of scrimmage. A little bit earlier, uh, Cox and Hargrave both got to the quarterback at the same time. Hargrave got the, the sack to seal it for the, the ones uh, in the two-minute drill at the end of practice. I mean, the defensive line, just so, so impressive. We said the same thing last week against New England during the joint practices. Uh, this group, really, really good. And what was yeah. the up-and-down report on uh, Beckton and Vera Tucker? Who are not a Beckton left practice early yesterday with a potential concussion. Vera Tucker, uh, I think, participated in team, but not one-on-ones. What was the report today? So Beckton had a concussion. Yeah, Beck, Beckton did not play today. Uh, Vera Tucker was in there. He actually got a little bit of a, a shoving match with Fletcher Cox at one point. Uh, they kind of bit off a little bit more too uh, there at that one. It, 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 it calmed down pretty quickly. But uh, that was actually – there was a period late in practice, and – we're pretty sure we heard on the sideline, oh, uh, this one's live, guys. This one's live. And they were down on the goal line, and I'm pretty sure it was a live period down on the ground. So a few plays uh, went to the ground from tackling standpoint. Um, so it was good to be able to see ones versus ones tackling down on the goal line uh, between both sides. But, uh, look, I'll, I'll tell you, like, even just watching the defense, like, in that period, okay, it was the ones, then the twos, then the ones, then the threes. Eagles defense, they came out, they, they had six total reps, the, the first team unit. They kept the Jets out of the end zone on the first four plays. And whether it was a pass breakup, good tackle by Eric Wilson down inside the goal line. Fletcher Cox had a stop. Um, you know, Brandon Graham on the very first play, uh, he had a big tackle. And then you go to that two-minute drill at the end of practice where, all right, first team offense versus the Jets defense. Now we're going to switch. It'll be the Jets offense versus the, the Eagles won every single one of those sessions. Eagles offense go down, they score a touchdown. Defense, they force a, a three or four and out, uh, ending with that Hargrave sack I mentioned earlier. Then the, the, uh, the second team with the offense, Joe Flacco leads them down to points. And then the offense come, or the defense comes back out and they get off the field. So uh, really decisive win. I, and I thought the defense, the defensive side of the football looked really, really good, namely uh, that defensive front. Certainly the big thing with that scrimmage situation, they were, it was 45 seconds left and you were down eight. So you had to score a touchdown and get the two-point conversion. But I, I thought a fantastic way to finish off the joint practices with both sides of the ball looking so strong. It remains to be seen how much we'll see of the starters come Friday night in the preseason finale. They got a ton of reps these last couple yeah. of days. And I think definitely the way that they finished uh, will definitely play a role into how much that they're going to play play of the day for anybody. And for me, it was the, the Hargrave sack at the end. And not only that, uh, Hargrave, so he gets the sack at the very end. Then he does the celebration where he, like, kicks the door down and looks right at the Jets' sideline. And he said after practice that that was an ode to, uh, to Vinnie Curry, uh, now with the Jets, um, who unfortunately said that he's going to have to miss the season due to a uh, 
a medical condition. He uh, tweeted that out uh, this afternoon. But. Yeah, so it was, it was diagnosed with a blood disorder. Uh, his spleen had to be removed, and he's on blood thinners. So, um, yeah, but it's tough that it, this comes out while the Eagles happen to be in town on top. I will say, though, so. so Vinny's on the sideline, and he had as much energy as ever and was like, uh, he looked like a coach. Like I mean, he, so he's wearing, he's got like the the green jumpsuit on. Uh, he's hyping up his guys. He's talking trash to uh, the Eagles defense when they're out there. Like uh, Greg jawing back and forth between both sides. And it, but it was funny after uh, the Hargrave sack uh, just goes over and he gives a little celebration. Everybody was having a good time. So it took uh, a big play for me. You know, it was a lot, a lot of red zone stuff. So there's not too, too much that's standing out from the, like the highlight reel stuff. I'm going to go to the scrimmage. I'll actually go. I guess I took this off the board. I'm not sure why, but Quez Watkins uh, on a broken play, Jalen Hurts. He might have been considered sack. They called, that's what it, that's what it was. There was actually a sack. sack. Yep. Okay. So Hurts, you know, got called for a sack, but you know, in theory, knowing how he can scramble, kept the play alive and threw a dart into the right side of the end zone. And Quez Watkins with this brilliant tiptoe grab, all the Jets defenders were saying out of bounds. The referees were right there signaling touchdown. Uh, but unfortunately, because of the sack, they, they took it back. But still, they got the touchdown a couple plays later. Uh, it was Greg Ward over the middle. He juked the safety, Sherrod Niesman, uh, in the middle of the open field, was untouched and then scampered in on fourth down. Uh, to get the points. And then the two-point conversion actually was another beautiful play where Hertz hit Devontae Smith in the back of the end yep. zone. In theory, that would tie the game. So, but the Watkins, you know, just another big highlight reel catch from Watkins. Shocker, it's been a consistent theme, it seems like, uh, all throughout camp. Well, I'm glad you brought up that two-pointer, C-Mac, because it was so much similar to the Watkins catch in that it was improvisational and in that the initial concept was a little busted, but they kept the play alive. The quarterback kept his eyes down the field and the receivers worked to get open. And that two point conversion, I think was designed for the running back got caught in some traffic and Devonte Smith would kept working and got open and Hertz kept his eyes up. You're going to see a lot of that. So, you know, just like we talked yesterday, that cat and mouse of allowing these play extending quarterbacks to do what they do on the practice field. I thought you just set up two perfect plays of that to open the two minute series. And then that two point conversion, sometimes it's in structure. Sometimes they need a couple extra seconds outside the pocket. So I'm glad the coaches let that two pointer go. Yeah. Well, it was funny because we, you talked about this yesterday, Ben, that so often we get those arguments out in the field where it's like, Oh, that was a sack. Oh no. Like I'm getting the quarterbacks getting out of it. Today there was like a legitimate argument. Like the, the jet <laughs> defense was pissed that they were going to call that a touchdown. Uh, so they're like, no, we got, you know, we got him down. We got him down. We got him down. So uh, they ended up bringing it back uh, and calling it back for a, uh, for a sack. But it was, uh, it was really funny. I, I thought it'd be right away. Um, you know, uh, after that, that play, uh, that was funny. Because, I just want to chime in real quick is on the first team defense, Avante Max did a great job making a, you know, quote unquote yeah. tackle on the open field. And literally the whole defensive sideline is circling their arms to the referee to keep running the clock. Be like, don't, don't it, give yeah. them out pounds. Just keep, it was a, just a big uh, symphony all at once trying to make, make that happen. And sure enough, the clock kept running as they were able to get off the field. It was a lot of good. It was good energy today. Uh, I, I thought it was a really good practice overall. Um, guys, let's go big question. Cause honestly today, and I, we don't know the answer yet, but it seems like this might be the last full practice available to us from a media standpoint yeah, this uh, is it. here for training this camp. I uh, couldn't get a solid answer when I asked uh, public relations, but we'll see. Um, it seems like that it's the time of year, right? Going into the final preseason game. So with that said, this will be, this in theory would be the last of our uh, training camp podcasts 
want to ask you, like, who's a, who's a player that just kind of blew you away? Uh, who, who impressed you most here uh, this summer in training camp? Like, for me, I've talked about him a couple times already. It's Javon Hargrave. Uh, I think when you look at 97, he did not participate at all in training camp a year ago. Guys, the way that he practiced here this summer, I think it's. I think I can confidently say he might be one of the best players on this team this year. Like I, you know, you, we always talk about this Eagles defense, and we talk about the offense, who the names are. I think we we might be able to put Hargrave up on that same mantle as some of these other big names that the Eagles have uh, on that side. He has looked awesome, just unblockable in so many different ways. And it was. It's not just oh, he started out fast and then slowed down, start to finish. He's been unblockable. He's been awesome. To me, he would be my pick. The thing about Hargrave is that that impressed me the most is that he had the ankle injury and that gave you a little pause because he battled injuries last season. And that that's what, you know, kind of gave him the slow start and, you know, wasn't able to get going until late in the season, but that he came back from the ankle injury. Yeah. And what, what you today? Yeah. yeah. It was a day or two. Yep. But still the fact that, you know, he still is, has a lower body explosion is still able to work his way into the backfield, still wreaking havoc at every turn. Uh, no, great call on, on Hargrave. I'll, I'll go on the offensive side of the ball and this play, I had a, I would say probably a little bit of a, a slow start because he actually started uh, on the sidelines due to a non COVID illness and that's Quez Watkins. And I think considering the draft positioning, you know, where he was on the, on the pecking order coming into training camp, I don't think many people thought that he'd be running with the first team offense, but this first team wide receiver group of Jalen Rager, Devontae Smith, and Quez Watkins seems pretty set as we go into this final preseason game. And Quez Watkins has just silky smooth speed, great acceleration, has made tons of highlight reel catches. You know, they've been contested catches, catch where he's had to go above the rim, high point the ball, um, you know, and just been, it's been consistent. You know, ever since he got back from the illness, consistent day in and day out, uh, a reliable weapon. You could tell the quarterbacks have trust in them. They'll throw him the ball and expect him to go get it. So um, I, I know there's big things expected for Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager, who have certainly flashed throughout camp. And I'm excited to see these guys work together. But I think considering where he was coming from, where you know, even though he said at his press conference today, he still feels like he's trying to earn a roster spot. Uh, I definitely think he's cemented himself as one of the, as you said, Fran, talk about Hargrave, one of the key cogs for the offensive side of the football going into 2021. You know, and for me, I think we get so excited about what's new, what's next, the young thing, you know, and the explosive pass catchers and the free agent corners and it comes at the expense of the mainstays. And I've been blown away with Jason Kelsey this summer set to be 34 years old in a couple of months, entering season 11. And I've just been blown away day in and day out from his energy, his obviously his ability at this age, his athleticism. He just does so much for this team. And listen, Brandon Brooks was out last year. You know, Sayomalo has been up and down. He's got different people to the left and right. He's got different people with his hand, their hands under his butt at the quarterback position. But Jason Kelsey just brings it every day. He is as reliable as anybody on this team and anybody in this league. I think we know what he means to the city, what he means to this team, but don't overlook this guy. I know he's getting to the backside of his career. Do we potentially draft his replacement in Landon Dickerson? Don't worry about that. Jason Kelsey is playing at a high, high level. And I just feel like we overlook some of these mainstay veterans at the expense of the young toys and the new guys. And, you know, the Jason Kelsey's, the Brandon Brooks, the Fletcher Coxes, those guys are playing really good football and I'm excited to see them deployed in 2021. Awesome. I just want to add on. I just want to add on to that with with Kelsey. There was during the high red zone period team drill. 
there was a screen pass to Miles Sanders where he fought his way in for the score. And Jason Kelsey just erupted, was just so excited and pumped about the result of the play that he still gets fired up even after all these years to, to help lead the way. So I agree with, with Fran. It was well said about uh, what, what Kelsey means. And, you know, I think we should really just cherish this season watching him because we don't know when it's going to be the end of one of the greatest Eagles in franchise history. And he's out there with like his chop shop, you know, arms splint every day. I don't know what he's doing with that thing, but he just looks like that gritty, you know, uh, football player, you know, that nasty offensive lineman you want out there that sets the tone and is certainly the leader of this team. Well, we got Mortal Kombat character uh, out there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like guys, this has been, yeah, exactly. This has been uh, awesome. Every single day. Uh, talk with every, when, when, we have a day where there's not a podcast. I hear it on Twitter every single day. Oh, when's the, when's the podcast coming back? How come we haven't heard from you guys a couple of days? The daily podcast. Oh, those are coming to an end, but we're going to have the full Eagle Eye in the Sky schedule coming up here in the coming weeks. Make sure you stay subscribed right here to the feed. Ben, Chris, outstanding job as always here uh, over the course of training camp. We'll talk to you again here on the podcast soon. Well, like I said, great stuff there from Ben Fennell and Chris McPherson all throughout training camp here uh, as we get closer and closer to the regular season just around the corner. Thanks so much to everybody for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcasts here with Eagles Entertainment. That being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I am Fran Duffy. We'll talk to you next week.